Hi, and welcome to another episode of Drive Through Conversation. This week, we're featuring the wildly talented Daniel Shrimp. Dan specializes in motion graphics and animations. He's a deeply thoughtful creator and innovative thinker, always setting new challenges for himself and pushing his work to be the best it can be. Early on in his studies, he found something that he loves to do and is now a freelance designer based in Toronto. Listen in as we discuss his creative life, starting with a boy in his room with some Lego. Welcome to another episode of uh, Drive Through Conversations. This week we have a very special guest uh, who I know from a while ago now, and Maggie knows a little bit, but we'll go through that in a second. Daniel Schrempf is here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming. Um, Dan, let's start with how do we know each other? Uh, we, I was a year behind you in the same program at Ryerson. Yes. So. And documentary media. Documentary media. Um, and then you met Maggie through, uh, we had, we had some hangouts during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Generally when you organized social events. <laughs> I used to be really social before the pandemic. Oh, were yeah. you like a social butterfly? Dan, what I really want to start with is just talking about how much fun we had at Ryerson and then... Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll get into the good stuff. Yeah. No, I think about it a lot. Okay, good. I really Me too. do. No, like the the dinner party, we had what, like two or three dinner parties at your yeah. place. Yeah. Anytime my just... parents left, there was a full dinner party. Yeah. Which I've tried to recreate. By serving, I by serving raw hamburgers to us. <laughs> I'm a terrible cook. <laughs> and so it's just gone very badly each time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we had sort of like one year of overlap. We were, we were in the same program, which was really great. And then you guys had the year after, um, what were some of your highlights from Ryerson? Can we talk about that time? That time? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to start there. Yeah. Um, I think it was, oh man, trying to sum that up. I, I think about it a lot and I actually think about it, um, mostly because I'm paying off the student debt from it. So there's a constant, it's like, oh, right, got to put that away. But um, honestly, what it is, is I'm, I'm not particularly, <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of like, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. the you whole don't wanna... like people experience of what happened at Ryerson. Amazing. But, but I want to like, talk about why you hated it. Unless don't, you don't want to talk about I, that. Yeah, I don't know. I think. They do listen to the podcast, by the way. <laughs> Ryerson is a lot of Ryerson listeners. I don't know if it's hate, but I think it, it just made me aware of a lot of stuff that I did, I like missed in my undergraduate degree. Right. Basically like doing my undergrad degree in, uh, in Lethbridge. Mm-hmm. I like, I guess I kind of skated through, like, I don't think I, I was a good student in the sense of like turning your work in on time and like fulfill the requirements, whatnot, like that sort of thing. Also lived at home. So it was really easy to just do that and be kind of a loner. But like, uh, in terms of, uh, like it was a fine arts program, but looking back on the stuff I did, I, I don't really think there was any sort of like artistic bent in it. I was just sort of fulfilling the requirements and the professors were all really nice and they like made you feel good about yourself. So I yeah. think I came out of that program having done really well grades wise um, and just thinking that like a lot of my stuff was was pretty, pretty good, I guess. And then um, did a couple side projects in between, got into the Ryerson program and... Uh, I guess I was just really confronted with um, 
friends and professors, and I can't really fault them for this behavior, but um, being in a class and being obligated to give you feedback mm -hmm. and only doing so like, and giving you kind of easy stuff just because they, they're just happy to be friends with you and they don't want to wreck your day or the professors. And they are kind of just, I mean, the most cynical reading is that they're because they need to collect their paycheck. Yeah. Going and through the motions. And I feel like I had a, a really weak idea of a thesis and I thought I would figure it out as I go. Um, and instead I just started procrastinating by helping on other people's projects instead of dealing with my own stuff. And so my critiques were either like really, um, aggressively negative mm -hmm. because someone was like, this doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? Which I took really badly. Or they were just like, oh, we got to move on to the next person. So like, let's leave them be. And so I, I still think I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say it's like all that bad, but, uh, I left that program with a lot more doubt and a lot less understanding than I thought about the yeah. the field. Um, and yeah, it did fuck me up a little bit afterwards where you felt like, I don't know, like a false sense of confidence in some ways. And then just like you'd been fed sort of bullshit for two years and didn't really know anything else. I mean, I guess the difference for me was that I went in like not knowing how to turn on a camera. And so I like, learned skills that weren't going to make me like ready for a workplace, but I was in a different place than when I started. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was valuable in that way and that I got like access to gear and people who cared about the work. Can but I, it, sorry. sorry no, 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 go continue. I was just saying if it, it was not, I can see how it would have not been the right experience yeah. for, well, it, it is, someone it who was is a little further along. Yeah, it, it is and it isn't like because when I when I think about all this stuff and I'm like, oh, like I wish that hadn't happened. That was really frustrating. That felt really bad. I hate being like placated or tolerated by people like that feeling of someone nodding at you and saying this is great is awful when you know that they know that that's not what they're feeling. Mm. Um, so that's that was a difficult thing to swallow. But there's no way that I would be like doing the sort of work I am now and like uh, the workload's not what I want right now. It's, it's too much. Um, but like, that's a good problem to have in a mm -hmm. pandemic and I wouldn't be getting like the sort of jobs that I'm working on now. Had I not made like the, the personal connections at Ryerson, um, or even gone through, like I, I'd done a little bit of client work before, but like, um, that interpersonal knowledge you get from working with, I wouldn't say necessarily always difficult people, but just people. Different people. Yeah, different yeah. people. And not even people who are trying to be diff difficult or it's just trying to communicate better and getting a creative idea out. And so, yeah, I think a lot of that's valuable, but there's a lot of like long showers of just like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can I ask what your thesis was about? Yeah. So it, it was, um, there wasn't enough to it it was it was beautiful it was gorgeous to look at and yeah and i i think maybe a little like and that probably didn't help it because it right. really underscored how shallow the idea was um to just it, even though i had a lot of fun making it look the way i wanted it to look um and i felt like i had could had control to be able to do that uh, when it came to like telling a story or getting an idea across, I just didn't have the skills for that. And there wasn't much there. So basically the thesis was, um, I, 
I started uh, doing a lot of analog photography in my um, undergrad program. So even though my undergrad is a BFA in new media, and it was kind of a smattering of a bunch of different, like, I don't know, video editing, graphic design, that sort of thing. Um, we had this really old, um, oh, I shouldn't say really old. Well, he might actually be dead and he's definitely not listening to this. So he was really old, but like, uh, he, he taught like photo arts right from like, okay, we're just working with black and white analog like cameras. 1910. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Career. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it was like modules you move through going 35 millimeter, medium format, large format. And we actually had a huge dark room that was still, and I think they've since started scaling it back. But anyway, I thought it was really cool. Um, I got really hooked on that in the way that, I don't know. Um, you know, people tend like that. Yeah. I, I don't know what that feeling is, you and know, I like totally it's, a, it's mean. a nostalgic thing. It's yeah. a kind of a nerdy thing. It's a, it's a science. Like we had mm -hmm. a dark room in our high school and like, I fell in love with that. And then I became a peer tutor for the years afterwards. So it was like, just like the mechanics of like shaking it, putting in the stop, doing your, like your whole thing with the exposure. Mm -hmm. It's a science, but please continue. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. And like, and and that's basically my thesis is I just wanted to do something with that feeling. I just like, okay, like, let's just, I've done this now. My undergrad's over. I did a little bit of photo stuff in between. Um, like, let's just keep writing this. And I thought the way to go was like, oh, I was, I was pretty early on Instagram. And so I tried to tie it and there was enough conversations I had with people. And then I sort of had this uh, it's nothing more than just like a, uh, like an armchair theory, but I'm just like, okay, people are wanting their photos to look older or more disturbed or something like mm -hmm. they want them worse because it looks like there's more work put in. And if there's more work and thought put in, then maybe there's more meaning. And then I tried to connect that to like, I, I think, um, you know, particularly millennials, I think Gen Z has got like balance on the phone figured out and millennials just really suck. Like we get overwhelmed really <laughs> quick. Um, but like millennials specifically just being like, Oh, okay, this is, this is too much. I want to get back to something that means something. Cause it seems like it's too fast. And so I was kind of tying it to like, Oh, the rise in analog photography a little bit with like as a, a, a coping mechanism for dealing with Instagram. And, and it's not much, there's not much more to that idea. And or, well, I shouldn't say that there maybe is, and people who had storytelling capabilities could probably do that, but that's, I never got to the bottom of that. And my advisors were never particularly, it just seemed really shallow. And I was approaching it in a way that was like visuals first. So mm. it was interpreted very much as, as a shallow project. And so, and then it was really awful. I don't I haven't told you this, Kate, but like the one guy who everyone was like, this guy is an asshole. Um, uh, had some like, like turned out to actually be an asshole, like really sketchy, like sexual violence stuff with his like partner. And so in like, in your film? Yeah. So the one, yeah, the one guy. So, um, cause you profiled three people, four people, four people. Right. 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 Yeah. And it was just like, holy shit, it was no good. And so it doesn't exist anywhere except for on Ryerson's database. Cause I, it's on there. It's not. That is no good. So it was, it was rough. It was rough too. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. And that was like, that was like July last year. What was the name of the project again? Extra medium. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was really good. Yeah. I was a fan of the project. I don't, yeah. you had a lot of critiques that I didn't have of it. Yeah. Um, okay. So now I want to go back to the beginning. Um, you were born in Lethbridge. 
Is yeah. that correct? Can you talk? No, about- uh, sorry, I just said agreed to something. <laughs> yes, no, I wasn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. Yes, no. that's incorrect. Uh, no, I was born in Saskatchewan. I was born in Regina. Oh, uh, when did you move to Lethbridge? Uh, when I was 13. Okay. Can you talk about your childhood and growing up in Saskatchewan? Your most violent like? memories of that <laughs> time? What were you like as a kid? What were you interested in? Uh, just being alone with Lego. Um, that was most of it. God, that's me now. (laughs) That's true. Um, no, it's, it was like pretty quiet. I think like, thankfully my parents put me in a a bunch of stuff. I have three younger sisters, but we were all very much into, um, I don't know. We did like indoor rec soccer. Um, and then like I was in dance for quite a bit because my sisters were there and I was like, this looks like pretty cool. I want to do this. So it was just a bunch of activities. It was kind of nonstop, just like going to the next sort of uh, thing. Um, Then like music lessons. So it was very, yeah. And so I guess, I don't, I, some of these things are like, they're like team sports or like, I mean, you dance as a group, music lessons, sometimes you'd have, you'd perform with people, but in, in general, I approached them and sort of, they, they felt very much to me, solitary, um, things, I guess. I, I don't yeah. know. I was very not social. Um, and I was pretty content. Yeah. I was also very, very close with my family and very close with my sisters. So we just did a lot together. Um, then we moved to Alberta, um, moved at a weird time like when I was going into grade eight. So not predisposed to making lots of friends anyway, but middle of middle school, but middle of middle school and you get one year before you go into high school. So it like, um, no good, truly torture that your parents inflicted on you. I don't know. That's like, it was, it was great in that. I mean, I, there was pangs of like, I should be making like a lot of other people are saying there's this like, loneliness thing. Right. I'm not sure what that's all about. So uh, you'd be alone, but you were never lonely. No, there was always something that I was like messing around with. And, and a lot of it is, is really awful to look back on now, right. but it was, yeah, it just would just make stuff to the, you know, like, um, uh, I would like love when we needed to make a diorama in school and I would spend yeah. like a whole week in all my spare time working on the diorama or something like that. I just, I just like that sort of, Thing. And then high school happened and I was, you know, sort of doing Making, the same sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then grade 12, a new high school was built and I was playing volleyball very, um, like seriously at the time. It was kind of the main hobby at the time. And the coach moved to a, the new high school. And so me and a couple other guys on the team followed and it was weird opening up a brand new high school and you're for your grade 12 year. So like everybody's fresh and then the, it's a very small grade 12 class. Cause a lot of people preferred to just stay in their own. Um, but what that meant was I was, I was very close with th- like the majority of what was a small grade 12 class. And I was really comfortable because they were volleyball friends. And so I, I just went hyper extrovert for a year and ran for student council and then was like student council wow. president. And then we did a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Um, and it was, it was really, really good. And, um, yeah, it was fun. That's funny because when I think back on a Ryerson time, I never thought of you as particularly like an introvert, which I guess it was just a similar situation where you knew everyone there or maybe, I don't know. I was, yeah, it just felt like a difference. I never thought of you as an introvert. 
Yeah, and I don't I don't think I really come off that way yeah. in yeah. in groups. In, okay, so yeah. I had one more question about loneliness, which was about <laughs> we all do. Great. Which was about like, do you think when you were a kid, being alone in a house filled with people had something to do with never being lonely? Or is there like just truly you don't need anyone around you? Mm, no, I think it's definitely like it helped having people around. I remember when I moved into, I only lived properly by myself for like eight months. Um, and like, and I thought I would be, I didn't think it would be a problem. And I realized like, oh, okay, this is really, it, it's, it is a little different. I still don't hate it. It was still very great not to deal with roommates, but um, probably having people around. Yeah. I mean, I love that space of knowing that there's people around, but that they're doing something yeah. and, and that they're engaged in that thing and won't disrupt the thing I'm doing. Yeah. But it's nice to have like, you know, a low hum of activity around you. That's not going to disrupt what you're doing. Totally. Yeah. I feel like that's how I was as a kid too. Of like, that was my most happy self. You definitely get that being in a giant high school with few people. I like love that visual of like this like group of ten people in this like brand spanking new high school, yeah. just being like student council. Yes, Taco Tuesdays. There's very few people to say no. <laughs> um. So then for undergrad, what did you study, and how did you decide to study that? Um. Yeah. So I. It was a program called New Media, and the idea was uh, I could I could use I could t it was a program available at the University of Lethbridge where I was living, so I could stay at home and it was cheaper, and I could like afford to go. Um, but uh, it could I could probably leverage it into some sort of like digital like three D portfolio that I could use to apply to UBC for architecture, which was kind of the plan from. Oh, I don't know. Uh, like probably 10 years old. As soon as I understood it to be like a big boy Lego, it was like, okay, that's probably, <laughs> that's probably the one. Um, and so uh, the idea of being in BC, UBC sounded like great. So I, I kind of was set on that for a bit. Um, but because it was this really multidisciplinary program, it, it forced you into a lot of different things. And there was a lot of classes which were just terrible. Like obviously I don't think it's a particularly well-developed program, yeah. but, um, again, like new media, like we were learning Photoshop, um, like CS6 had just come out, but like our professor was just barely getting his hands around CS5 and, mm -hmm. you know, and it, so we were all teaching ourselves anyway. I don't know what that means. In, in high school, we had like a similar class cause we went to an art school and there was like a, I think it was in grade 10 that you could just take new media or yeah, like media, media arts or whatever. And it's like the year is divided into three chunks where you do like graphic design and then you do film and then you do photography. And I, I, it was, if you kind of found which one that you would like by the end of that year or whatever, but like I just fell in love with the guy who taught graphic design because he didn't really know what he was doing. It's similar to how you're describing your teacher. Like he's like, what's, illustrator, what's that? He's just like, I'm this like really funny old Irish man. And he really <laughs> liked me for some reason. He asked me to appear to a bunch of his classes. But I remember like going in between those three different classes and kind of being forced to then like harsh change into a different mm -hmm. one, being very jarring and people being like, okay, well, we took pictures for six weeks and now you're going to go film stuff for six weeks. And you don't really, you get like 
kind of a little taster bit, but it never enough. Yeah, like mm-hmm. my taste of um, graphic design was the melon head assignment that we yeah. had in grade 10, where you had to like take all these different fruits and then assign them to a melon and make them a face. And that was how we learned how to use Photoshop. And as you can imagine, that did not go well for me. I did not get past my melon head. No. I gave, I think, like Wilhelmina $10 to finish it, who sat next to me. I was like, please, I don't understand the lasso tool. Yeah, um, you don't have Photoshop on your resume now. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. That was the beginning and the end. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. definitely a, a program you can just throw someone into. Just you'll just pick it up. It's just you know, it's just dragging and uh, clicking and stuff. And it's like, no, it's not. It's just, really just blur it. Yeah, just blur, just blur it. the edges. Make it. Yeah, <laughs> put that Gaussian blur over everything. Yeah. No. Did you but enjoy no, your teacher? Well, no. And this is like I think Elliot, you said it like exactly. Is there was a bunch of stuff that was just very odd, and you were sometimes frustrated. Like I was in a comedy writing course, and I'm oh, I'm oh hate I'm so <laughs> not that I'm not a good writer, and then really not funny. We had to write a, a short script, like a treatment for anyway. I don't need to get into oh, that. Please, it was, it was please mortifying. Tell us. It was mortifying. Well, you just like. <laughs> Please tell us all of your ideas that you used for that course. No, but I like I remember writing. We had to write a comedy script. It was part of the assignment, and it was a required course because the program was just made of of like take two courses worth of every creative discipline we have at the university, and then you can graduate. Just being graded on is this kid funny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's exactly what it felt like because I I went and he was great. This guy um, Bob Cousins. He even had like a like what a screenwriter name. name. Um, but he was there, and so we were getting to this assignment. Everything else was just like like even just formatting stuff. It was really like minor. It wasn't too bad of a course, but like the comedy, I'm like, how do I make this funny? And I think I ended up writing accidentally without thinking about it, like dodgeball, but it was curling. <laughs> yeah. And then I sent it to him and, and then he was like, yeah, this sounds like, is this not just dodgeball? And I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I can't, I don't know. It's not yeah, going to be believable. This is, this is dodgeball with curling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, and then he was like, and it's not funny. And I said, I oh, know. Boy. Why did you make me do this? Um, but like, that's not a good example of these sorts, but like, it, that wasn't too bad, but there was a lot of stuff that I wasn't excited about, um, that you kind of needed to get through, but there was two or three classes, which were just like so good. And it was all because of the instructor. Yeah, totally. And, and there was like one, and I miss this class so much, but it was like a late night, um, film studies course. Oh wow! And so you, it's, it was a night class. So you started at six. And then you had, uh, I think it was like a 45 minute lecture and then a screening and then a 45 minute lecture. So you got out pretty late. Um, especially if you're watching like Citizen Kane or something right. like that. Uh, but he did such a good job. Cause like we watched Citizen Kane, but we also like watched house of flying daggers mm. and I've like the, the list was so good. And it was also at this, like this time, um, like drive had just come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you guys talked about, which is, uh, which is amazing. We are big fans of Drive. Um, we like Drivey. Um, what also, Her had come out. Oh, yeah. So Good there one. was some, like, new stuff that was just, like, really, like... Yeah. And then... Film uh, films. Film films. But yeah. then it was... And then it was, like, old stuff, like, classics... And then he intermixed some just, like, wildcard ones. And it was it was such a good program. He was so entertaining. Um, I did terribly in the course because I had no idea. Again, this is what I mean about, like, I was I was a really, like, smiley, naive sort of, yeah. like, oh, this is so much fun. You were having a good time. I was having a great time being but you a, couldn't write the like, just a 
smiley little dummy. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the that essay was, true. was just like three smiley faces in a wave. Yeah. Great, great movie. Great I had a good movie. time. Yeah. Oh no. Was, and then I got home late. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was Wizard of Oz, which was like he made us write on his favorite movie of all time, which was just wow. like a and, that's a red flag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's no good. Uh, so it's like I, a Princess Bride favorite movie. But it's just and now that I think about it, now that I've said it out loud, why well, I would never put myself in that position. No. <laughs> like trust. Like if I loved something so much, so much so that I was like, I had a 10 year job at a university teaching film studies. And I, I said in excruciatingly and like well delivered detail why this was my favorite film. And then I made some just like, it's sadistic. Idiot, just this idiot <laughs> undergrad kid. Just, to, just say, tell me about what this is about. Even I though I explained when they go it to on you. The, yellow road. Oh my the monkeys God. were pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Uh, like, it's just, I, me, this is the first time I've like sympathized with, with you old, see it from old him. Aaron Taylor. Wow. You see it from but his he was perspective. Great. And, and shout he, out to Aaron Taylor. Shout out to Aaron Taylor. Really. Not Johnson. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. And then there was another one, uh, an interaction design course, which was really weird at the time, but it was like playing with, um, Arduinos. What uh, are those? It's, I don't know it's, it's like, uh, it, yeah. What is that? It's like a easy bake oven of circuit boards. So you can, you can take oh. like JavaScript stuff in processing and then you can make it interact with the real world with like light sensors or pressure sensors or something like that. Um, and you buy, buy these kits. They're, they're really cool. But um, uh, this professor Dana Cooley and she was th just the best and so excited, oh. like very Miss Frizzle kind of energy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it was awesome. And we just made weird stuff. The first thing, like, she's like, Oh, we're going to get to Arduino, but the first thing we're going to do is make like, um, uh, pop-up books. And so we did a lot with paper, um, which was, I, I really love doing stuff with anyway. So it was just, it was just this really interesting thing where there's so many courses I hated so many courses where I, I enjoyed the professor's and the content was somewhere something I was interested in. But I think by the time I was about to graduate, I was just like, I'm going to apply to the architecture program, which I did and did not get in. And it made a lot of sense because it was a photography portfolio. And it, <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that was like me. I did the exact same thing. I applied to, I think it was Waterloo. Cause I, my reasoning was leaving high school. I'm like, I don't think I can go to school for drawing because I'm not good enough to draw full time. But then like, what would we be drawing in real world uh, proportions? People draw buildings all the time. I could figure out how to draw a building. And then I applied to yeah Waterloo, and which was like an actual one. I had to take all these math courses and I failed all the math courses and I didn't get into that course. And then I got into George Brown, but they're just like, they were letting anybody in at that time. So then I took it and I Welcome. remember two weeks in, I was like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And then I went through the next three years and I finished it anyway. <laughs> not doing so any you, architecture. Yeah, since you then. could be doing architecture now if you wanted to. Yeah, but I won't. Okay. Hmm. So you didn't get in. I didn't get in, but I, at that time I also kind like I sort of expected, but I, how did that work? I think the first year I didn't, uh, no first year, I also like applied for two architecture programs and then that was the first year I thought like, why wouldn't I just do like, why wouldn't I just stay in school again? Like I was very much like, this is exciting. I like how this feels like, let's just keep like make the feeling last as long as possible yeah. of just learning things and having them be interesting and feeling like you're doing something. And so I, there was an MFA program in photography at Concordia in Montreal. So I also applied to that as well. So 
struck out on all three. And at that point in time, I just thought, well, tuition's a lot cheaper if you're a resident. So if I just move to Montreal and like figure it out, then like by the time it comes to apply next year, I'll be a resident and I can get like right that sort of thing, which also didn't work out. Um, so I applied to Concordia again, Concordia, NASCAD, OCAD, Ryerson, and um, got into OCAD and Ryerson. Uh, went to like was very interested in OCAD's multidisciplinary program first. Uh, there wasn't going to be any money coming, so I would have had to pay it all, and I couldn't. And Ryerson had a little bit, but at that point in time, I was just like, nah, I think I want to do OCAD. And then Ryerson <laughs> called me up and said, oh, actually, we've got some more funding for you. And I was like, oh, okay. We well, I guess it's Ryerson now. <laughs> I'm on my way. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically that. And I had like, not that my social media is like, <laughs> it's not like I have a, I have tens of followers, but they were like, um, I, I had made a post. I was like, oh, I'm going to be going to OCAD in the fall. I'm moving to Toronto. So I had made a post. I was pretty set that I was going to OCAD. And then just like, no. The- Did you Ryerson change- see that and ask you to take it down? They're like, please, yeah. please, please delete that tweet. Then. We're very concerned about our public image. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how close you were to going to OCAD. Yeah, I was going to go to OCAD up wow. until like four months before. Um, okay, so I want to go back to undergrad and that like transition into Montreal. So did you know at all what you were going to do when you moved to Montreal other than figure, figure, it, fi- out. figure it out? Yeah, the idea to move to Montreal... Um, my brother-in-law's best friend's brother (laughs) lived in Montreal and Mm -hmm. I met him and his wife at my sister's wedding Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, like she is like, she was doing her law degree at McGill and it was this very, I was at a time, I was, I was in a moment of my life as well where I was like taking everything I said out loud incredibly seriously. I mean, I'm also like a really uncool serious person too. Like I, I take, I take things way. It's not fun. It doesn't look good, but like I, I was, I don't think people quite realize that about me as well. So like when I would say something, um, even if it was flippant, I had this weird backdoor in my brain, which was like, Oh, well you got to do it now. Like you are, you have impregnated this idea and now you must see this baby through till like, you're now the father, you're now the father of this idea. And so when we met at the wedding, I was like, Hey, like I'm maybe gonna look at master's programs. And she's like, Oh, well, if you just approach this man, I'm going to Montreal. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And they're like, Oh yeah. But we're like in the middle of my sister's wedding ceremony. (laughs) And so they're just like, nice. Like, this is a really easy conversation. Yeah. It's like, oh, we've got something to talk about. Excellent. We don't have to make this yes, boring small yes, talk. something in common. Uh, and they didn't realize that they had contractually said yes to me right. uh, <laughs> bonking with them. There was, I am amazed at like that point in time and how little I thought about things yeah. in terms of like, I would never impose, like I couldn't imagine that. So level. You, you met them once and then said, can I come stay with you? Yes, can I, I gave them you? a two weeks heads up. Wow. And it was they were okay with gr- it? Now we laugh about it. Now we're like very, very good friends. But right. like, it was very, and she was like in the middle of her like I guess second year of law no. school. <laughs> if they really didn't want you there, they could have said no. They could have said, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were like, hoping that they had said said no. But <laughs> no, and it, anyway, like it all ended up very good. But like, um, I moved to Montreal with like nothing. I had like, was working and had lived at home. And so by the time I got out of my undergrad. Um, 
like I didn't, I wasn't carrying any student debt, which is really good. So like, I, I, I didn't owe anything and like things were kind of open. I wasn't like, there was nothing really tying me anywhere. So I just yeah. thought like, Oh, we'll, we'll go. And Montreal seems fun. And I know at least two people there. So yeah. do I, do I speak French? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, but no. do I, do I have a job? No, no, I don't have that either, but like, we'll anyway. We'll yeah. Out. Yeah. And so I, I got a job. It was terrible. It was what was in, your job? It was an in-house graphic designer position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, got paid to look very busy at a desk and fix the printer when, um, sales was Perfect. getting upset about it. So did you learn how to sort of do some graphic design in undergrad? Yeah. So there was partially, yeah, I should say that as well. So there was partially like courses, there was courses in graphic design for sure. But, um, by, by my third year, I was, I had gotten a job doing like uh vinyl decal setup at like a print shop. So I was doing like quote unquote graphic, like I was using illustrator every day quote-unquote graphic design and then it was basically like some farmer because this is alberta would come in with their business card and like this like in like unintelligible symbol in the corner and they would say like we need a sign for our our building i'm like do you have do you have an eps file (laughs) do you have any sort of no you don't okay so it was like starting from scratch so it was redoing a lot of like old farmers logos for like their grain bin signage um, so if you call that graphic design, then yes, yes no, I, and do. I, I guess I did that for about a year. And then eventually I worked at a, at agency sort of, but again, it was like newspaper ads. So I was just like doing full spreads for like the Chrysler dealership and their right. trucks. So it's all super utilitarian right. sort of whatever, but yeah, no. So I, I had enough of that on my resume. Um, and I was doing like small, you know, freelance stuff for like, I was the nephew that I hate now, you know, like right. when, when so many clients are like, Oh, I have a nephew who can do this. Like I was also the nephew at one point in time. I hate the nephew. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. still that nephew. Yeah. I was going to say, you guys have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I did a lot of that and then it was enough to get me this in-house position. And then eventually at, um, yeah, it was like, it was really rough. It was it was not like a great workplace situation. Um, was that a choice you made that you wanted to do graphic design? That's how you wanted to make money. I, I thought that like, Oh, for now I like it. Like I like it enough. And it feels like if I'm going to do like a nine to five, it seems a lot better than just like working in Excel. Like at least there's something and, and the skills that I was developing, I was like, Oh, I can, I can have fun with this in my spare time, but yeah. Oh, creativity. Okay. So then Montreal, you're working uh, at a not great job yeah. that you don't like. So yeah. what else was, what were you, what were you thinking about? Um, like I was tr- figuring out how I was going to quit. It was a, kind of a miracle that I got this job and it was way, it was weird. So I had the opposite commute of everybody. So I was living right downtown in Montreal, but I was working w- technically not in Montreal. Like it was so far, it was on the Island still, but not really like it was in Anjou. And so it was like the industrial park. And so I had this opposite commute and it was long. So it was like the full length of the subway and a bus. So an hour and a half one way. Um, and then it started at eight. So like, it was like an early wake up nine to five, that sort of thing. And live I kind of live in the dream, <laughs> live, in, live in the dream just Truly to get really horrendous. Yeah. Montreal in February, 6 30 AM. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Um, so there was a lot of, even then, like, I don't know how I could have a routine. Like I imagine that now getting up at five, working all day, coming back around like seven and then thinking that I would want to do 
anything is just mind boggling to me. But like at the time I was like, Oh, okay. Like I'll, I'll try to do some stuff. And so I, that's when I started doing online tutorials for motion graphics design. And I've been like picking around after effects for a while, but I was like, okay, this, it seems like it's easier to convince people that animation is worth money than logos. Um, or so true. So, uh, and it's still, I think very true. So, um, yeah, so I started learning a bunch of that in the spare time. I was working on, I had done a photo project. Um, so I was working on a book as well. Um, and then just like odd jobs. Like I had a lot of friends who were musicians. So I was like taking photos at their, sh- you know, like yeah. that, that sort of thing. So it was a bunch of like, I was really excited about like I, the excitement that I had at that point in time, even though I had just a soul crushing job was, I wish I could get that back a little bit. Right. It was, it was pretty exciting. And a lot of stuff was very new, which is like still, it felt like there was a lot more new stuff to. Yeah. My to, memory of you talking about it too, is that you'd met a bunch of people who were sort of like, like-minded. It felt mm. to me like you had like a little artist collective going on. Is that true? Uh, yeah, sort of, maybe not in the most romantic of senses. Right. Like, I think like you make it sound like, Oh wow. That's how I remember it. Yeah. Um, you're just in an attic in Montreal, like working with other people on, but, but no, cool but there project. was, there was stuff going, there was stuff going on and like, <laughs> you know, like you could go to shows yeah. you could do. It's amazing. To Life was happening. Now. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was pretty good. It was rough in terms of like, uh, figuring out how to live. I, I just took on a lot of figuring out at once, whereas yeah. I was pretty insulated for a lot of my life previous. Um, but, uh, but yeah, eventually that job, I, I was doing a bunch of this stuff on the side. I thought like, you know what, like if I am waking up at 5am for a job that like could drop me at any point in time and I'm giving so much to this job, like I could definitely, do this, like put in the same amount of effort for myself and make a go of it. Um, and then I proceeded to never wake up at 5 a.m. again for myself. So but smart. the idea, the idea got me out of the job. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but you at one point had an idea about like moving to Barcelona. Is that? Yeah, right? I, I think. Yeah, for sure. There was an idea. And like, I think it could have worked. Maybe. I mean, hindsight now, I just think, no, there's no way. But like. How's your Spanish? Uh, as good as my French. He hasn't met anybody yet that lives in Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> he just needs someone to invite him. I just need to, I need to go to more weddings. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. And I think that's been the biggest thing of the last couple of years is just trying, I, I've been trying to figure out what the balance is. Cause I, I've worked in an in-house position. I know I definitely don't want an in-house position. Um, there's a lot of, I think wrong with that, um, model for creative work that just doesn't work, which is like, they expect you to look busy when there's no work to do. And when there's more than enough work to do, they kick you out of the office at five or they say like, you have to, cause we're not going to pay you overtime or something like that. Right. And that's just not how it works. It's like you stay up till however late you need to, when it needs to happen. And then you reward yourself with like three days of doing nothing. Right. Right. And it doesn't matter if that happens to be a weekend. Yeah. So the in-house thing, I don't think works. Um, I'm starting to work more closely with agencies, but I still don't think that I would want a salaried agency job. Um, at one point in time, I thought, okay, the only way to do it. And I mean, who knows anything, right? Like is to just find people that I work well with. And then we form some kind of partnership. And then we just like pool the people who were, 
coming to us for jobs and then and then that way we can make a go of it and we can just split it between we kind of split the risk there's two of us working together and like the workload is half but the jobs are double right seemed like it would work but that one it just never seemed to totally pan out that way but right now the position i'm in is like i'm still technically like i have a sole proprietorship like i have a company which is just me right except for if any of my clients are listening are you we have a multifaceted of course you and the team (laughs) we have we have a a multi-dimensional you've got lots of people behind you we have a team of 25 but you only see three of us there's a lot of people and they're all really busy really yeah they couldn't be here today are you officially incorporated uh i'm officially a business as of last year i'll probably need well i need to do more looking into it depending on how the rest of the year goes i might incorporate by the end of the year Holy um, shit. but that's yeah and there's just yeah we'll see but i i feel like i'm in a good position now where i'm still like fully autonomous mm-hmm. um which i mean opens you up to all the kind of sketchiness of like th- that that in you know entails um but now i work basically as like a semi-permanent subcontractor at a couple agencies so there's yeah. one in toronto and one in vancouver that i work really closely with and i'm basically their motion graphics person or one of um wow. and then uh there's another um guy that i met in my at ryerson as well and he does video production and so that's more live action stuff and if they need motion graphics on screen we generally pair up in between those three and then any other small jobs that kind of just come to me directly um things have been like good they've been too busy for the last couple weeks um so i don't know what it is from here but yeah i guess coming back more to the question i've always tried to figure out okay i i'm a terrible employee because i i want to change things once I figure out how the system works. I'm like panicked for a month and then I figure out how the system is. And then I'm like, we're wasting a lot of time here. This Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. And then I try to change things. And then, uh, for better or for worse, I'm not saying I have brilliant ideas all the time, but then like the managers justifiably freak out with when some kid in their twenties is like, Hey, like, doesn't seem like these people are doing a lot of work. And and so I thought like, okay, I want to have a degree of control over my time. Like I like what I do. To a certain extent. I like that I um, I have a process that I enjoy, especially yeah. now that I'm working almost all in After Effects and a lot of it's JavaScript, is it feels kind of like I'm doing that Lego thing in my room again. It's like yeah. I can kind of, the end result needs to be something, but I can kind of build it the way I want to. Yeah. And there's times where like... I wouldn't say it's boredom, but like sometimes the push to get me to work on a job that I'm just like, Oh, it's like, I got to get such a big project and I don't know how it's going to happen in two weeks. And like, sometimes the push to get there is just like, okay, I'm just going to build it really, really well with like scripting. So it all like talks to each other and like, it's really like flexible and like, there's a certain beauty in the, the mathematics of it. I, coming back to my thesis, there was so much that I spent on the mathematics side of it, of like type, like typographic layout. And I was trying to do, do a bunch of, I was trying to port that into a video space. Anyway, I like math just gets really, um, uh, just feels really secure for me. Yeah. So there's, there's that part of my job that I do like the end result almost, well, 
there's stuff that I can say I'm proud of, but it's not like I get satisfaction about like, I'm really glad that we could sell this like software product to a bunch of people to, I'm so happy for the sake of the world that this is out there and I'm a part of it. I don't, I don't get that, but there's a part of the process that I can have. And the biggest thing is my time is generally my own, you know? I mean, there's, yeah, I wish I didn't have the, like sometimes it gets heavy and you just have to deal with that. But like I can take some time off in August and I booked my flights and I'm very excited to finally see my family after like a year and change. Nice. So in terms of jobs, like it's, yeah, it's got its downsides, but I, I kind of lucked out in getting the spot that I am in right now. And it's, yeah, I feel like Elise and I can very much really, and Maggie, I mean, I'm sure all of us in that the corporate stuff, the stuff that pays the bills is like, you're not necessarily in love with the end product nor care about how it's going to be in the world. But if you can find something in the process that you fall in love with, that's like, it's how you get through the day. And that's what makes. Well, especially now in the beginning. Yeah. It's the beginning, yeah. it's the hardest because it feels the most grindy, right? Yeah. I also tried to learn After Effects during the pandemic because I can, I know my way a little bit through Illustrator, but After Effects is just, no matter how many like I'll go on Skillshare and try and watch a, a tutorial on it. It's just like, it'll start making sense. And then they'll do like, but then you got to click on this and you got to move these lines and then everything was, I'm like, okay, I have to go back and restart yeah. this whole thing. It is confusing. I think yeah. I will get it though, slowly. No. And I think it's, it's like a language in that sense where you just need to get something basic enough to get through it. And then you slowly pick up like the nuances of what you, like there's, yeah. oh man, I probably... Two months ago, I realized there was something that I had had for years and just never knew how to use it. And then I was like, you know, I should figure out how to use. Oh, that's why people use this all the time, you know, and it's that sort of like linguistic sort of, you know, thing, right? You get the nuance slowly over time, but you just need a basic thing to survive. And it's just like, oh, I've I've been doing it the like you can do step one to two. I've been doing step one to five and then minus three just to get to that second spot this whole time and not realizing, Oh, I can just do one thing and it would make it that much faster or like, just like just simplify the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And like that program in general just looks like Photoshop mixed with illustrator mixed with premiere smashed together because all the different windows and you have to keep everything going. And I was like, this is so much to handle. I can't, I can't figure it out. Yeah. No. You were showing me a project once. We were sitting in like that. La Cubana. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about that project a little bit? Because I, I still can't get my head around yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and that like didn't end up really going anywhere. That was just for you, right? Sort of. Yeah. Like it was, it was sort of um, a friend was looking to do some projection mapping stuff. And, and that's really not my thing. Like I, it, I think for enough people who know what I do, it, it seems like it should be that's maybe the problem with a lot of stuff is like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I can do a lot. There's certain things I'm real. Like, I feel like I'm pretty competent at, and there's a lot that's like scares me and people are a lot better. Projection mapping is one of them. And so I was trying to do stuff that was basically using JavaScript expressions in after effects just to automate things so that things would like grow or shrink or, or that they would have some sort of preset animation based on, um, like luminance levels so that if you had something that could scan depth in a room, like a LIDAR sensor, then you could just put this on there let it process. And I remember trying to show it to you because I was very excited. And then it, 
I realized how heavy it was and I was on my laptop too. And it's just like, it was, and looking back at what that project was like, so bloated, like it just, I don't know. I would, it's, it was also like early days as well it was, for me. But. It was like nothing. I still can't quite explain, but every, there was so math heavy. It was like, yeah, it was very reactionary, which just takes all kind of, like for a design to react intuitively to something. Is that mm. kind of, yeah? I don't know if I'm I think, describing it. I mean, and without getting like too, I mean, there's too many YouTube holes that you can get lost on this sort of a thing. But like, it's it's funny how quick something very simple mathematically looks organic. Yeah, like you just need to take a couple random function, like a very simple like wave. And then you add one or two random functions and then you just get it to like generate a couple of these things. And then all of a sudden it's completely out of control and it doesn't look like it's, um, doesn't look like it's mathematical at all. Right. And I think John Conway's game of life is like a big thing that people talk about where like the rule, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can summarize very quickly, but what it, it, it's very, very like, it's simple. It's just like on, it's a, imagine a grid, uh, imagine like a go board actually, you know, go or like checkers or that sort of thing. You just have a grid of like squares that are either black or white. And there's just rules for like what turns it black and what turns it white, or in his case, alive or dead. And it all has to do just with how many, um, tiles are, uh, adjacent to it. Right. And it's to simulate populations like overcrowding, right. undercrowding, that sort of thing. And it's really simple and you can write it down. Um, but the amount of stuff that just gets like that kind of flourishes out of these things is just really, really mesmerizing. And there's a lot of YouTube videos on, on these sorts of things. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So it is kind of like dipping the toe into like this sort of like math space yeah. that all of a sudden becomes very organic and very, uh, like beautiful as well. There's, um, a, a project that I also talked to you about a couple of times and it's been a long project of mine is uh shower brain that I've been oh, trying yeah. to, I've been trying to do in my spare time. And, uh, it is just like, I don't know what to say about it, but it, I love doing these. I do so much infographics, which is just like, oh, like climate change is going to kill us. And it's just a graph that goes down and it's like big and red and like, no, you know, yeah. like it's a lot of like really on the nose, heavy handed, whatever. And a lot of times I'm just like, oh, but it could be like, if you just imagine a little bit and I have these conversations with clients and they're like, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course bad. it doesn't, but like maybe Show could, we, could yeah. we, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot of like, graphs and these sort of things or like lens test charts and that sort of stuff, which is, I just find like, there's, it's really interesting, but, and, and they're because they're geometric and they have some sort of like mathematical relation to each other. They're easy to, to kind of code. Well, fun to code as like a Sudoku puzzle is yeah. fun, you know? And then, um, and so I just kind of have a folder of a bunch of these little graphs that don't say anything, but they just kind of spin and oscillate and turn around. And, um, I've been shooting a bunch of super eight stuff in, in like slow motion or oh. time lapse and that sort of thing. And I've been wanting to put just like a 15 minute, 20 minute thing together, which is just a bunch of these like graphs that say nothing on top of like just some nice textural super eight. Um, cause yeah, at the end of my thesis, I, I realized that I, I was kind of circling in and around boredom 
and like the loss of boredom or like the value that boredom has and why a lot of people are afraid of being bored and the things people will do to avoid being bored. And then I think about like, um, when I get really overloaded a lot of time, I just shower in the dark and that like headspace is just feels so good. And so like that kind of, um, that's genius. You shower in the dark. I'm going to start doing that. That's my worst nightmare. And I would feel no joy. Just constant terror. I, one time my mom turned the light off on me on the shower and I didn't know that she had done that. So I really thought that like the light just went out and I was like, this is the end of my life. I will just live in the shower and never find my way out of That's the bathroom. That's it. I died. That's, yeah. that was it. I wanted to ask you about your like monthly design challenges that you set yourself. How do those, yeah. how do those factor into your process? What are you trying to achieve? Oh, it's the same sort of thing. I mean, and I think that's so first of all, I'll say that I'm like, I'm very, uh, like kind of mournful that like I had so much work again, it sounds so bad, but like I had, I had so much work that I couldn't do these things that I normally did. So actually starting in Montreal, um, I, one of these things again, to just get me doing it every day, um, I like, I just had a pun in my mind and I was just like, Oh, it's like Christmas time countdown to Christmas. I'll just do like better to gift than to receive. And so every single day I made like, you know, like a chocolate advent calendar. I just made like a four second, nothing animation. Uh, and they were all really like really rough, but it was, it was something. And then it just kind of, I don't know, it slowly, I, I just kept doing it every year up until, like this year would have been the fifth year. And I just, I thought like, oh, maybe I got to like reimagine it again. Maybe I only do 12 days. Maybe I do something smaller. And, and it just, there wasn't any, wasn't any time to do it. And yeah. I, and I missed those things. There was another yeah. one that I, um, I, and this isn't just me, this is more of an international thing and it's gotten quite big in the last couple of years, but it was uh, 36 days of type, yeah. which is an Instagram based thing where, um, based in Barcelona and they, um, <laughs> you're soon to be hometown it's not soon to be hometown and they um again yeah it's really good just to like it, it it is sort of stressful and like if i was very particular about a certain thing it would take me well into the night which was yeah you're like you don't you don't feel good until you wake up in the morning and you see it done, you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of, yeah. cool. okay, that's yeah. something. Um, you were very, cause you worked on some of those when we were in school and I remember you'd like leave drinks to go work on these things. It was, you were very dedicated. Yeah. No, I'm, I think like there's, <sighs> there's a satisfaction to completing it. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. To see like all your, all yeah. your children in yeah. front of you. Like it's very like, oh, look. And then uh, the most recent one I did was 36 days of type last year. And I put them out all on a grid and they were like barely letters there. That's kind of like the closest thing I have right now to like what I imagine shower brain being, being, because it's just something that like, it's just a lot of lines, a lot of like stuff moving around. Um, but just like slowly oscillating on some kind of axis and then some sort of like weird trippy thing about depth is like it it's kind of an eschery impossible something yeah. like it looks like it's in 3d space but maybe it's planar that sort of i love i just love messing with perspective with lines a little bit like yeah. it's really it's really satisfying and so i had this big grid of 36 of these things and they were just slowly moving in their four second loops and i was just like oh this is really it's the amount that i learned during a pro something like that and, yeah. and figuring out better ways of doing things 
Um, but then also seeing the end result, it's just really satisfying. And I've not been able to, I've not been able to do that in, um, yeah, the last two times and it's been, yeah, yeah. it's really good though. Yeah. And it looks beautiful. And I think just forcing yourself to do that sort of like daily work just for you, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it reminds you about why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to ask about the transition from school to total freelance. Mm-hmm. How did that, how did you get started? Cause you were freelancing while you were in school, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And sort of the whole time. Yeah. And then, but at some point it became full time. How did, how did you do that? Um, during school, I wasn't like getting enough jobs to like make it like, it was technically all like the only work I was doing. Like I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have another job, but it wasn't like, it wasn't enough to like stay level. And I think just because I was in school, I was, I was a little bit more relaxed about it. I wasn't so freaked out about like, okay, like I don't, I don't have a clue where I'm going to get jobs or how they're going to come in for the next couple months because it was school. And I thought like, oh, okay, I've got, I've got some kind of loans for this time. So it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and then it just like, yeah, like I say, I, I was really fortunate stuff just sort of picked up. I got, I think pretty lucky on things. Like I would be messing around with some kind of idea or, or design or something. And then there was just an, an, I don't know, a need for it. Like a lot of these things that I would do, these projects, these gifts, whatever, there is enough in them to be able to show to people to say like, Oh, I could do something like longer for you and we could make it move sort of like this. And it was, it was enough for people to be like, Oh, okay. And so I think in school I was working, but I was also making enough little things to be able to show people to say like, we could do something. And then I think I got one or two big, like, minute and a half long explainer videos, which are like, like turned out fine. I, I suppose as good as any explainer video is, I guess. Yeah. Um, but once I had those two in the portfolio, then it was just like, they can add on each other. And, yeah. and, and now like, I don't, I still don't get a lot of direct, like people coming to me directly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a job I finished up last week or the bulk of the uh, bulk of it last week was another one of those things. And it's just kind of the leapfrogging of previous like explainer yeah. projects. So I don't know how long the market is going to. Hopefully a while. Hopefully, but like, I think it will. It'll yeah. need them for a, uh, for a considerable yeah. more amount of time. People are getting more and more into like, I think motion graphics and like just making things. I don't know. It seems like there's in the past few years, just like the transition in terms of content in terms of just like really cool visuals as opposed to just having the text on screen just like that added elements just to like pull people in youtube videos like movies like heads up display people seeing like when someone's texting the little text bubble that shows up like in the sky next to them so you see what they're saying like shit like that people like people love that stuff Mm -hmm. oh totally yeah especially like if you're if like anyone's trying to get into this sort of thing learning how to just do motion tracking is is it's a little bit finicky, but it's fairly easy. And yeah, like you said about like phones and that sort of thing, there's a lot of film and TV stuff that like, I I would pick up little bits of it. I think more people, like there's people out there who do that a lot better and a lot more seriously than I do, but like, yeah, screen replacement or that sort of thing. There's, um, yeah, it's not just like straight up. I wouldn't call myself like an animator because at all, because man, the more I learn about 
some of that stuff is just actual geniuses out there. But like the motion yeah. graphics thing where I live in, like, yeah, there's one of the jobs I'm working on right now is website stuff is just like things that were small illustrations, but, the, and they had, they. Had... <laughs> I think that one's wonky. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I can, okay. I can still hear you. And I can, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm keeping. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's like, uh, a website and they have like pre-built il illustrations that they've sourced and then they just send them to me and they're like, okay, we want something a little bit more. And so you just take the illustrations and which is really where I would love to get into. I mean, um, he hello Maggie, but like it's, I've been trying to get uh, some like a better read on illustrators now because I hate doing all, like when I have to do all the graphics for a job, I'm just so, I'm so overwhelmed and then I'm too nervous about what they're going to look like. So they always end up looking just like, uh, and I, I have no faith in them, but like to work with, I think that's the biggest thing I want to do right now is like, I've got enough people who have like through this agency and, and whatnot. I've, it seems like there's enough jobs coming through and I would love to just do the animation stuff, but like people putting art together is really where like, I am not super strong and it's just nice. So like, yeah, like there's a, a market for not just explainers, but like little video things. Yeah. Um, and it's so much better if there's actually an illustrator on board. Um, yeah. And like, I'm not a good character designer, but like, that's a huge thing as well. But uh, I feel like that's a dynamic we have on the parking lot, which is nice. You do illustrations, you do graphic design and it's yeah. kind of like, uh, well, guys it, kind of work together. And it's like, it's very rare. You're going to find someone who can do everything, every one of those aspects incredibly well. Right. It's just finding like the missing puzzle piece of just like, if I work with you or you work with me and then I can do this part and you can do that part, and then you end up with something twice as good by the end mm -hmm. of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, just, no, but then I think also the motion aspect just gives it that much more, I don't know, attractive feel to it yeah. now, especially. Yeah. Well, like the motion graphics aspect of that, like I'm so interested in that than like the end result, but there's no, I'm not interested in like the making of it. So yeah, working with like a motions graphic, graphic person. And, Are like, you guys going to start collaborating? Maybe. Like, well, no, and I've, I've seen like... I mean, I, Maggie, I love, like, love your stuff. And like, it's, it's one of these things where it's like, oh, I, I know that there could be a project coming in and it would just be so nice. Like anytime it starts to get like, you know, handmade or textural and that sort of thing. Like I just finished talking about how much I love like lines and graphs and it's just so antithetical to like this kind of really, I, you know, nice human feeling, whatever. And so it, it, it would be nice to have an illustrator who's got that like really, I don't know, like calming, homey, Draws observational feeling on a canvas. Yeah. Like that down. So it's, yeah. I mean, even I think on a previous podcast, I heard you say, it was like, Oh, I hate, like, I just don't like, I just prefer to use like pencil. I don't like using, having to learn Photoshop. And I guess you have to, I think you said something like this, like, Oh, you, you have to now because that's how the world is. I'm like, no, you don't, you don't. There's people who will do that for you. I don't. Okay. Cause I'm trying to currently learn how, and it's yeah. going very slowly. Yeah. I don't have to learn. No, it's like, as long I as know that. Yeah. As long as stuff is, I mean, I have to, I'm, I love like copying most of the time with, when illustration come in, comes in, they're not like, they're not perfect for animation yet. So I, even the best of things that are like built in Illustrator, 
I kind of have to do some reworking anyway. So stuff that just comes in that's flat illustration. It would be really fun. That's where I really would like to move. Like in terms of work that would end up being satisfying right now, it's just like, it's good jobs. And yeah. like the clients are fairly reasonable. Um, and like, it's, it's interesting work. Yeah. The website, the website stuff is like, it's for Adobe. Yeah. I want right? to see some of the final products. Is it, is it on your website, the stuff you're doing for Adobe? Uh, some stuff I did last year okay. is, but the stuff I'm working on now is like a lot that, that before was like kind of sub brand, whatever. This yeah. is still like sub, I don't know. It's such a huge organization. I don't actually know who I'm working for. Okay. Working Can I at, guess what it is? Please. Yeah. Oh, it's not, sorry. Yeah. Guess, but I don't think it's, are you bringing back flash? No, I'm not. I wish. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's just like they, basically, uh, the Adobe XD landing page just has a bunch of illustrations and it already exists in the website is up and they just said like, okay, over the course of the next year, like we just want you to go through and animate all right. these. Um, so That's it's like, really cool. Yeah, it's no, it's, cool. no, it's a, it's a, uh, like the only thing I miss is there's no music with it. Mm. I love, even when it's the most like, <laughs> like boring of topics um having like having some music element to it and i mean it's also like stock music too and it needs to be like client facing and it needs to be all very very safe and whatnot but like you can usually find something in there just like oh, you know like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's jam too. just make little blobs bounce it's mostly what i do all day yeah. you know, just make it boom boom it's, a, the it's blob a tricky bounce. tricky job um yeah. Do you have a favorite project you've worked on? Um, no? No, I don't know. I think I just move on so... Well, no, maybe this is a better way of saying it. As I think there's like the making of enough of projects that I've been really excited about. Like, so this last... Um, what was it? It was, it was like... Uh, it was just some meme somewhere. Maybe it was a tweet or something. But it was... It said like, um, artists saying, I think I'm going to learn blender is like everyone else saying, I think I'm going to start working out. Uh, and, so, and, and like, and, I, and it just like hit me really hard. I'm like, Oh yeah. There's so many times where I'm like, I need to learn 3d. I should learn 3d. I should try to figure it out. Blender's free. I can do it. I could just figure it out. Um, and I've not, I've not been doing that, but for this last project, there was a component that was like, I can't reasonably do the perspective on this. Yeah like I need to have some sort of like three dimensional reference. So yeah. I, I bought a 3d model. It was to do with cars. So yeah. like I, I bought some 3d models of cars and then just like learned enough blender to like get some reference animation out of it and then right. did. And so there's a part of that where like that whole video um, is actually a pretty good result. There's just an explainer, but I think that like the, the animation rig I needed to make that was like half 3d, half 2d. Mm -hmm the idea was to like get something that looked 3d again, but just have like the outline of the vehicle be just like this as though it was drawn on, but then have it move as though it's in 3d space. Right. But it just looks like a, like a pencil outline, like Whoa. a, like a chalk line. Um, so do it, you like having to learn something for every project? I, f I feel like I, 
I, I don't know if I like it, but I think I'm willing to do it. I think that's a really good way to continue to get new jobs is to kind of say yes to projects that you don't fully know how to do yet. Mm -hmm. And then just like force yourself to, and that was exactly what happened with this project is I like had the idea when I was sketching out like storyboards for what we were going to do. And then I, and I knew immediately, I'm like, I like this idea and it means I'm probably going to have to learn blender to get it to happen. And it was kind of scary, but we kind of pitched it and it worked and they went for it. And so it had to happen. So yeah. And like, it's scary, but I, I, I do like, it's not as magical and it's not as exciting as it was in undergrad, you know? Yeah. And I think that's maybe just getting older and that sort of thing, but like learning new things and changing a process, like as frustrating as it is, there is something exciting about it. And I think that's, that's more what I'm proud of, I guess, rather than like how the end result of projects turned out like this rig here, or like how I learned how to do this thing somewhere else, or even just like workflow efficiencies is like, Oh, it's so nice that I don't have to do this a million times. I can just like click a button or hit yeah. a shortcut or, you know, like you speed up and then it becomes a little bit more. Um, I explained it to a, a friend recently, like, um, I feel like musicians, you like get your scales down mm -hmm. and you learn your keys. And that's just like, not that those are worth anything, but just so it's underhand when you like are in the moment to like improvise and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I feel like with after effects, it's so clunky to get your like metaphorical scales down, like to actually move quickly in after effects is just so hard. It's so cumbersome. There's so many like layers and, and it's very like frame by frame manage managing things right. and so the more you can cut down on that the more it just becomes a little bit more enjoyable yeah. i was like sorry i keep i don't know why um maggie always like breaks my heart when i listen to the podcast <laughs> there's a couple things that just sting me when maggie talks because i think you said something else too about like oh, oh i just i just want to go and just draw i just want to draw and i'm just like i do not have that feeling about <laughs> anything like i used to be that way yeah. about music i think maybe that killed me too when you said that. And that's all you, you want to do you describing that whole like car like that project the car i'm like oh my god i can't wait to go home and draw i'm gonna draw a car when i go home yeah yeah <laughs> No, You're and, a nerd, Maggie Prince. Yeah, and but that like that feeling, and and especially that when you talk about like pencil to paper, like that just feels like, especially if you have like, which I do not have, but if you have the skills to be able to like get get something down like that, I just oh man, it just feels like that would feel so good, and I I don't know that I have too many like hobbies and that sort of thing that are yeah. quite like that, you yeah. know, that are that free flowing, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely jealous of your drawing of your art and mm -hmm. I wish I, I, there's something distanced through, if you're doing it through a device, mm -hmm. it's like, it's not quite the same. Well, you're holding it process. in your hand. Yeah. It's your, little you have something at the end of it that didn't exist before. Um, I wanted to ask about where you see yourself in 20 years. What's your dream life? 20 years. Tw like fully settled into your career. Um, how old will you be in 20? Yeah. In 20 years, yeah. I'm going to be almost 50. Yeah. So. 20 or 48. Yeah. Sort of like you're really, you're in the height of your career at that point. I, yeah. What does that look like? I am not sure how things are going to change. You know, like I'm, and I, I would say two years ago that like, 
Um, like two years ago, answering a question like this, I, I would have been like, oh, I just hope I stay on top of all the new software and all the new like modes of delivery. And mm -hmm. if I can just like keep my skills sharp, then I should be fine. And I'll just ride it to wherever it would be. And like, I don't, I think that's maybe, it would be nice to be one of these like it's not like I'm going to be terribly old in, in 20 years, but like one of these older guys who's just kind of does the, just the thing that they learned when they were in their twenties. Mm -hmm. And then like, it's maybe not in demand, but like they had enough of a career at the time that like, they don't need to be making like serious bank to live. Yeah. I don't imagine that I'll retire. I think I'm probably just going to work less until I die. Right. And I, I would like to do that on the West coast in a, in a small little, that sounds perfect. Nothing place. Get some dogs. Get some dogs. Have some children. Have some children. Um, are you going to be printing books at all? Is that part of your future? Um, I enjoy it. I like, I did one last year and like made a hundred copies and sold eight. You sold eight? Yeah. Oh, no. I sold a whole eight. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, but also like I brutal. didn't really bother promoting it yeah. or like making it accessible like are it they still available for sale uh i mean I, I got to the point where i just started giving them to people oh, okay. but there were it was mostly like there's a printer in toronto and they have and a lot of people are i think discovering this method now it's called resograph printing mm -hmm. um it's very cool um it's basically like a photocopier um but you can use so you can do short runs very cheap but you can use really um interesting inks right so normally it's like if you do short runs you can't like there's not the volume to make it worth it to get plates together to get like a nice offset print sort of thing and you can't use like pantone inks and that sort of thing uh, and at the lower end um it's like digital and it just you don't get the vibrancy out of it mm -hmm. but because it's a small photocopier you can do short runs and then fill them with like fluorescent ink so you can do some stuff and i thought i've been doing some like nothing garbage photos with my iPhone for quite a long time. And I thought like, I'm done with this. I don't want to be this like sad boy emo child anymore, yeah. just taking pictures of nothing. So like put the project to bed and I, I thought, Oh, well like I'll try to do photo process, like split the photo into channels, see how they work when it's like not CMYK. Maybe it's just like gold and blue and see how I need to mix them to get the photo to work together. And like the theory I feel like was flawless and yeah. the end result is okay. It's right. fine. Um, but yeah, it, it was just kind of, so it was a spread of photos of garbage printed in, in a way that sometimes looks really cool and sometimes is a really messy and right. like comes off on your fingers, but the process, it, but that was the thing. It was like the process I was very interested in. I wanted to test it out. I wanted to put a project to bed and move on from it. So there's a couple of things. So I, I got what I, I don't say like I sold eight copies is like, oh, it's not, not successful. Right. It, was, it was kind of a weird, it was just something that I wanted to round off. And, yeah. and I think you it's needed fun. a closure. Yeah. And it's fun now. Like, I mean, it had been an Instagram page for a while, right? Yeah. So it was my Instagram account. Yeah. And then I just started posting more. It's now just like personal stuff yeah. now. So how do you feel about like, making something that's not attached to work, like a personal thing and then putting it out there. Like what for like, I only know that based off of me and like for us, but like I have so much of easier time of working on stuff that I'm excited about and then putting it out through a group 
thing where I'm like a part of something else and I can't do it on my own very mm-hmm. easily. How do you feel like, do you get excited about putting stuff out there like on your, on your own behalf? I don't, I don't know. It's, I, I feel like I, I lose something when it's at that stage, when it's complete enough to show people something like I just lose the follow through or something, or I just, I, I don't know what it is, but I think I make everything assuming I'm going to show somebody. Most of the time it's just, I, I, I get, when I'm doing something that I really enjoy, I get very excited about it mm-hmm. and I don't shut up in conversations enough. And it usually spills out. I'm not, I'm not this, like, I wish I was cool and mysterious and be like, <laughs> Oh, I'm just working on stuff in my attic in my puffy billowy shirts and leaning over some painting yeah, yeah, and smoking. Yeah. I don't yeah. even smoke. You should start. I should start yeah. smoke a lot. That whole image. I wish I could have part of that, but it's not me. I'm just an over eager. <laughs> you just described Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. have any puffy, puffy shirt. Puffy, big you puffy very shirt. much do. Yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. No, so it's like I don't, I don't have that. So I think I share a lot of whether people are interested or get it or not. I kind of share when I'm in the throes of the excitement of the process of it, and then when it's done, I'm not really like my Instagram accounts have never done particularly well. <laughs> Don't you have a private Instagram account? Yes. Or it it hasn't always been private. Oh, so is that, you're saying that's a problem, right? For big numbers, I hear. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I see. No. um, Yeah. Well, it's just because I've I've got pictures of like my nephews there now. But but no, even like I I tried to run a business one, like, and it's not, I don't know. I never, I always like thinking of things in formats. And so when it's, it's some sort of like 30, like same sort of thing over a period of days, like, Oh, I could see how that would stack up in a, that sort of thing. I, yeah, I, I definitely think about it a lot. I think about it a lot, but I, I don't know that I get this. That's not the most satisfying part of it for me. The end, the end result. Um, again, maybe back, like, not that I, want to go back to the, the kind of cynical dwelling that I was doing before, but the masters really messed me up that way where a lot of times when I share stuff, I just think I really hate the feedback of just like, Oh, I love this Yeah, because it feels like it means nothing. It's like saying someone's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It could be like really, um, yeah, for what it's worth, like the, the book that I, uh, was working on in Montreal, I ended up, uh, I wanted to get it printed in like a smaller run and I ran a Kickstarter um, to, to get it funded. And it actually, it worked out. And I look back on that and I really do. I don't want to like, I shouldn't try to take it away from myself, but it was, it was kind of the beginning of like, Oh, that was like a point in time where like lots of, I think I had a lot of friends and like, they just wanted to, (laughs) they wanted to help. And that's, and you can't fault them for that. It's the same thing in the programs. Like you have a critique day and your friends want to be nice to you because they don't want you to be like all upset at the, you know, when you go out for drinks later and that's, and that is fine. But like when you're showing stuff, I think I've, I've got too much of that in my head where I, I would just, if someone can get excited about the process, if I can sit down and talk to somebody about what I'm excited about and they Mm -hmm. can at least reciprocate it. And like, and that's almost only on like a one-to-one basis. That is where I can get really excited about sharing stuff, but like mass appeal, like lots of people liking it. I just think I just get too lost in that cycle of, are these people just being nice? Are these people Mm -hmm. just like doing what's going to look okay? It just seems like there's, especially because I kind of looked really cynically at Instagram for my masters at well, is just, there's, 
it, it just is too much pageantry and a lot of it, and a lot of performance. And I just like, I don't, I don't really get anything out of that. And I think that makes people slowly, I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe Instagram's worse. changed so much. Like I'm yeah, sure like oh, from totally. when you started your thesis to now, like how people communicate and express themselves through Instagram is so different. Like it used to be like, Hey, mm. this is a piece of the internet. I'm going to carve out to show you my art that I'm not going to post on Facebook and I'm not going to send to my friends in a Gmail chain yeah. chain. But now it's like, look at my butt and also buy this smart water. So yeah, it's just yeah. like the way people are trying to, it's true though. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's just like, you're like, well, why do I want to try and compete and make noise in this space when I'm not going to show you my butt? Yeah. 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 No, it, totally. I mean, I feel like, I felt like I had a handle on Instagram. I felt I was early. Like, yeah. I think my account was like 2010. Like it was, it was like wow. months after release. And I felt like I was on top of Instagram until like three years ago. And now I'm just like, Oh man, am I old? I'm so, I just hate it. I'm just no good at it anymore. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, anyway, we're trying to start our Instagram presence. Kick I, it really up a notch. I like, I like your stuff. I definitely yeah. follow the page. I definitely haven't mute you. <laughs> muted you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice of you. Yeah. Yeah. Muted your personal though, Kate. It's okay, just incessant. Great. Yeah, I, calm down. I post a lot. Too much. <laughs> I just like to keep people informed. Everything I'm up to. Right. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. Thank it's been you so for nice coming. to see you. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've been able to catch up. It's been a while. It's been yeah. over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. That's what we figured out. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I don't know how to end these. You usually end them. Could, well, could you end this? Okay. End it now. What we should do is, <laughs> Dan, if people want to see your work and oh, get okay. to know about you a little bit more and like just get to see what you're working on, where can they go? Um, we will include like links and like all that stuff when we when we post the episode. But like, I don't know if, if there's anything else you want people specifically to check out. Yeah. yeah plug, plug the it. shit out of it. Yeah. yeah. All, all right. SoundCloud. Uh, nice SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm pretty tidy. I got rid of a lot of. Uh, social media during the pandemic. Um, I've got a portfolio site, um, which is just my uh, danch.ca, D-A-N-S-C-H.ca. That's my first and last name. That's what I work under. very, very cool. It's a very cool Um, site. And yeah, it's just got a lot of uh, very corporate stuff on there that hopefully gets me more jobs. I shouldn't say boring. I think it's okay. I don't think it's It's boring at all. It's uh, it's better than I could hope for at this stage in my like career. So anyway, that's a website where you can just see what I've done. Um, Danch.ca is also like at Danch.ca is my business Instagram account, which is very poorly updated, but shows all the gift stuff. And then um, you have a business Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. Again, it's not like but that's that's really it. That's I don't think I'm anywhere. Facebook was gone in October. Twitter was gone like a year ago. LinkedIn was, it never happened, thankfully. So I don't think, yeah, it's kind of that. Nice. Well, thank you for coming, Dan. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Drive-Thru Conversations. Until the next time, keep it loose. People and peeps, keep it loose. Keep it loose.